This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 18, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New for this year, 2017 opening day rosters, historic Negro League integration, run the ultimate what-if scenarios, tournaments, fall leagues, a redesigned injury system, an improved 3D game, real-time presentation, and game highlights, improved player morale, and team chemistry, and so much more. Out of the Park Baseball 18 has the full sleeper in the bust stamp of approval. We all play it and have for years. Even better, if you buy now through the Sleeper in the Bust podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to ootpdevelopments.com, click on the order banner, and just enter the code SLEEPER18 at checkout to not only get a discount, but also help support the Sleeper in the Bust, indie sports video game development, and all the people who work to bring you the great game of Out of the Park Baseball 18. Once again, just go to ootpdevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER18 at checkout for a special discount and to support our show. Guys, I, I'm obsessed with this game. It is so much fun. Um, I played a lot of OOTP17. You guys have heard me talk about my Twitch streams, twitch.tv slash pspore24. I was streaming my 17 franchise over there. I, I, I did a fantasy draft in 1995. I was able to get Ken Griffey Jr., and Pedro Martinez. I don't know what the computer was thinking there, uh, letting letting both of those guys get there. I took Pedro with my first pick, and then and then got Ken Griffey Jr. I haven't started my new eighteen one for um, for streams yet, but I'm going to. And I'm actually just gonna gonna start over. I, I I won the World Series that first year with the with the seventeen team, but I'm gonna start a new one. We'll do the draft at some point soon, so stay tuned for that. But out of the park is is just so much fun. You've heard me talk about. Uh, other baseball video games I like, they're, they're two different experiences. This is the sim, in-depth, management sort of deal, and then the other game is, is playing. So um, I absolutely love this game. One last time, ootpdevelopments.com. Sleeper18 is, is your discount code. Uh, that lets them know that we, that we sent you there, and they give you a little bit of uh, a little bit off the top as well. If you do play the game, let me know. Let me know what you're doing with it. Let me know what, uh, what team you're going with, whether you're starting historically or going from now. Uh, if you do the fantasy draft, hit me up on Twitter, at Spora. I love kind of seeing how people go because it, it doesn't just play out 100% to, to history. Things can change and you can have guys you know you can have a failed prospect that actually pans out for you so i I love seeing that stuff definitely hit me up there um and 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 thanks for supporting the show by by going to ootpdevelopments.com Welcome to episode 479 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Thursday, July 20th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, back in the saddle again with Eno Saris. Eno, how's it going? It's going good. I am back home. I saw a, a piece of research that once suggested that we are all much more productive when we are home, and I know why that is, because we have our routines. We know Completely agree. Is that do. why players are better at home? Oh, that might be part of it. I mean, we always talk about sleeping in your own bed and stuff, but yeah. that can be overrated. You have kids at home. <laughs> true, true. Um, but but it I, might I don't just know. Be, just you know what to do. You know what routines. You know you know how to cut time off of uh, certain things you have to do. 
I find it difficult to work on the road. You know, yeah. taking a trip somewhere and, and still having to fit in work, I find it very difficult. Um, so yeah, it is. It's always good to be home. Glad to be back talking baseball with you. Talked with Jason last week. Uh, we, t- we took some time off for the All Star break, but we're back at it. Plenty to talk about. Trade deadline just starting to heat up. We're going to get into some of that. Going to talk a little bit about Tommy Pham, who's out of his mind. Another home run today, and then closer talk. It's been a while. We usually kind of go every couple weeks before we dive in and, and, and start speculating on closers again. There's actually been some shuffling via trades, so I think it's a good time to dive back in and then maybe follow up again uh, in in you know just over two weeks or just under two weeks when the deadline is finished as well. So let's go ahead and start with question of the day. Curious. Brewers are interested in Justin Verlander. Other teams have have you know have been floated out there as interested. Just flat out curious if you think you know that Justin Verlander gets traded during this deadline. Well, you know, JD Martinez is the kind of situation where the dude is not locked down. It's kind of you know it could just be the slow the the, the quick rebuild or like the the what the Yankees did when they just traded away the relievers that weren't signed for the next year, you know, Um, you know, they even went back and got one of the guys they traded. I would love if the Tigers did that, by the way, bring back JD Martinez after letting Arizona rent him. But obviously the Yankees were working with a pretty good system that they only added to the Tigers are really just starting there. So for me, it feels like more of a teardown. Yeah. I, I wonder also if the, death of Mike Elledge, how that figures in. I think that, right, he is, I got that right. Yeah, he passed away. His son is in charge, but obviously his son's going to have a little bit of a different outlook on it. There was no doubt that it was kind of an all-in while he was alive. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it makes sense, right? I mean, I understand that it didn't really, it wasn't super future forward, but we we blast guys when they don't spend money uh, and, and just try to cut every profit that they can. This guy went the other way, and I don't know that I I'm comfortable blasting him for that. I know it would have been better if you could have done a little bit more of a balance, but the fact that he was going for it, uh, I always thought kind of kind of worked. And and they had great teams, they had World Series contenders. It just didn't come to fruition. But I think the window's closed personally. Yeah, it's it's hard to see it. I mean, I wrote today about Michael Fulmer, and I do think that you know the question was whether or not he's a top ten guy or top forty guy. And I looked into his changeup. Looks like I think it's suppressing launch angle and giving him. A way out that uh, is suppressing home runs naturally. So I actually think that uh, he's closer to a top ten pitcher than he is a top forty. But if you think about the rest of their team, it, it's it, nothing stands out in terms of you know this is something we can build around. You know, no, it really doesn't. I mean, and Castellanos is the closest thing, and he's had his ups and downs this year. Looks like his power is finally starting to pay some dividends. So with his defensive there. problems, it's not he's not going to be a superstar. I mean, he's not exactly. going to be an Arenado. You know, he's not going to be one of those guys because he doesn't he doesn't really add something other than which to now has been sort of an okay bat, and maybe it can take the next step. But um, even it'll still even at the be next kind step, of, though, yeah, it'd be like a first baseman naturally. You know. Um, so then, you know, you never really figured out any other positions except at like that sort of treading water level. And the rotation is, you know, an old guy, young guy, and, you know, some other young guys that may take the step forward but haven't yet. So, I mean, yeah, I'm not saying trade Norris, uh, and I'm not saying trade uh, Fulmer, but. That uh, was the craziest thing. Th- those rumors I thought were remarkably stupid. The only, except that you put them out there, and if you can completely rip off a team, sure, but. 
Or you know, or even just like do, do like that. those those early Oakland trades where, you know, Oakland traded Tim Hudson with years left and, and those guys with years left and got a lot of pieces back, you know. So you know they'd that, have to get a hell of a lot to trade to trade Michael Fulmer. But then uh, but again, Verlander, you know, people are talking about, you know, the Mets should trade DeGrom and should, at least should listen to it for the same reasons. It's, it's you know, how big the package can be. But in any case, I mean, the easy thing to do, the easy thing to agree to is to trade Verlander, trade uh, Miguel Cabrera. Um, you know, I don't know what else, you know, people I can't, want. I mean, Avila, Justin Wilson. I can't see the full-scale teardown with yeah. both superstars being traded at the I could, deadline I could here. maybe. I could maybe. Because Miguel Cabrera, I think, you know, think about Dombrowski. You know, I, I mean, Moreland is fine, and Hanley is fine, but maybe you can even send Moreland back. And, you know, send Moreland back and, and you know, something smaller. You, you're taking on money, too, right? So, you like, I don't think that Miguel might, might not cost that much to get. You know what I mean? Well, that, that part is true. Might not cost that much in terms of prospects because he's owed... 30 to 32 mil uh, up through 2023 and then has vesting options. Of course, he has to finish top 10 MVP in that's 22. A, that's a lot of years, and he's starting to you know slow down. And I think it could actually make sense for the Sox. I think that the park there might mask some of his um, decline, and getting him out of Detroit and putting him in, in Fenway might might you know sort of goose his numbers and make him look like he's in a better decline. So um, you know, that'd be I, interesting. That'd yeah, be I, interesting. And, well, who and, do you think's more likely between Cabrera and Verlander? Got the DH opening, and um, who's more likely? I think actually Miguel Cabrera, because when a when a pitcher is older and the and the results don't match, uh, it's hard to say. It's, you got to get terrifying. every yeah right. It's terrifying. It, you, everybody on the team has to be like, no, we all believe Justin Verlander is still great, and they've just been unlucky or something, you know. So, or we all believe with this one tweak, you know, Justin Verlander would, uh, uh, you know, would be an ace again. You know, I think maybe a National League team could think that, right? Sure. You know, get him with one free out, you know, every time through the lineup, and we tweak this one thing about his four seam or something. He's been solid. Verlander's been solid in nine of his last ten, putting up a 418 ERA in the 56 innings with 53 strikeouts. The one The velocity is good, so you could still say, like, you know, oh, we're just going to tell him to throw the breaking balls more, or or he hasn't really been throwing the changeup as much, so let's throw that changeup a lot more, so... You know, I, I, somebody could, but I think that's uh, that's you have to take on money. Fifty-six you mil. Have to, yeah, you have to give uh, a prospect or two, and uh, everybody on your side has to agree that with this one little tweak or getting him out of D, out of the AL uh, will fix everything for him. If so I think that's if you're more Detroit. with Miguel Cabrera. I think you, you you wouldn't be giving as much in terms of prospects. Because sure, you'd be because taking on a lot more money, so you just be basically, commitment. yeah, yeah, you're just basically taking their money and and giving them some, um, giving some small pieces, and, and I think a team like Boston could do that and just say, well, we'll take on your money. So, I'd still be surprised if I get I guess dealt. there's some luxury, yeah, maybe maybe not, because there has been some talk in Boston about avoiding the luxury tax. So, yeah, the the those big contracts, I don't know. I think it's tougher to move them in season. Be really interesting to see what they do. Uh, what kind of money the Tigers might send to to enhance the returns? Because if you're just getting some mm-hmm. mid-level guys, I just 
I don't know that I see the point necessarily maybe try to rebuild Verlander's value. I mean, obviously he's been someone that's been vocal about the ball and the seams and, and seeing a walk rate like that double. I think it starts to add up to he's at least having trouble with the ball. Maybe obviously not everybody is. There's plenty of pitchers having good seasons, but he seems to be having an issue. So I don't know. I think he's more likely between the two, but uh, it would be really interesting if, if Cabrera got traded. Let's talk about some of the trades that have uh, come to fruition. We'll start with the uh, Todd Frazier deal. And I call it that only because from a fantasy standpoint, I think it is the Todd Frazier deal because with David Robertson, Tommy Canley, they've both been better this year, but neither of them is going to New York to close. So it's it's Frazier, Canley, Robertson to the Yankees for Tyler Clippard, um, Blake Rutherford, and what else? I can't remember. A couple other smaller oh, prospects, I Tito believe. Polo. Tito Polo, if you might remember from the WBC. <laughs> And then one other prospect. Really? Um, oh, I didn't remember him from the WBC. Oh, yeah, I I, that's, that's how I remembered him. T- yeah, oh, okay. Tito Polo from, from the WBC. I, I remember seeing him out there. Rutherford um, so for, could be a star. Yeah, yeah, he's the, he's the big draw there for the White Sox. Their system gets thicker. Ridiculous system. But let's talk about Frazier going to the Yankees. Obviously, he's had a tough season thus far. Any rebound potential that you see there for, for Todd Frazier going over to the Yankees? I mean, he's a he's a fairly. Oh my goodness! What? Did you hear any of that? No. Oh, okay. Well then, uh, we'll leave that in. It's just fun. It's fun. <laughs> uh, my tabs won't kill us. Then I. No, no. Got the right. I mean, even if it played, it. it wouldn't matter. Um, but anyway, no. I think that he's. You know, Fraser's the kind of guy that. Uh, you know, I don't want to say ADHD or whatever, but he's. You know, he's he's. Uh, you know, attention. Deficit syndrome guy a little bit. It's just, you know, I think I could see him being more, um, being better on uh, on a on a good team. If you look at his Reds performances, uh, they kind of uh, some of them went up and down with uh, with how good the team was. So, uh, do you think getting into a race could invigorate him? Yeah, a little bit? but you know that's just uh, a mumbo jumbo. In terms of you know park factors is it changing much i don't think so no i I don't think anything like that's changing all that much i know the lineup that that could change a little bit but for for me i thought todd frazier was going to get better in the second half anyway if he does it's going to be attributed to going to new york when i just thought natural regression was going to last last three years him him trevor story and rugenet odor are Lessons in the fact that you really need to look at launch angle as much as you look at exit velocity. Yeah, they're obsessed with homers. All those guys hit the ball really hard, but they hit the ball straight up in the air and have crazy uh, pop-up totals. I mean, he's he's talking about twice the, the league average. For several years now, as you mentioned with Todd Frazier, it's been, yeah. it's been a problem. Still has 16 homers, though. Um, you know... Surely it's an issue. You can't just flip a switch and change it, or else he would have, obviously. Uh, but it does well, seem like something. He kind of flipped a switch and changed it. I mean, you know, before three years ago, he didn't have crazy pop-up totals. Yeah, but and I'm saying he flipped if it, a switch if you, and hit all those homers. It's been so three I think that's years, why he did though. It. Yeah. So that's why I feel like if it was an easy change, somebody would have gotten to him at this point and said, hey, yeah. stop doing this. But maybe there's somebody in New York who can say, listen, you could still be – Mr. Power Guy would keep you with a fly ball rate, but let's get let's get that angle a little bit better so you're not popping up all the time and just giving those free outs. Get him up to say a two fifty batting average with the power. Uh, you know, he yeah, runs a little be, bit that too. That wouldn't be impossible. 
I, 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 I see that. I, I think yeah. Todd Frazier, somebody that, you know, he's on the scrap heap in some leagues, some shallower leagues that people that's kind of That's swing strike on. rate and the walk rate and, and strikeout rate that he's got going right now. That's another way to improve your outcomes is to hone in on, on certain balls. So All career bests. You know, yeah, that's all, it's all lining up for him to have a decent second half. So it uh, looks like T- Chase Headley is the one who's going to lose the playing time there. He's moving over to first a little bit. There's still talk that maybe they get like a Yonder Alonso uh, in New York, which would further push push Chase Headley down. Not that that means anything. The dude, I mean, 708 OPS, no one's losing any sleep on that. Um, but, yeah, I kind of like Frazier there. Canely and Robertson, I think, you know, the really good middle relievers that are going to give you good strikeouts, good ratios, kind of hold them in the league. Kind of whatever leagues you've had Canely in, uh, you can now kind of add Robertson in but I just don't see either of them getting any sort of real save opportunities. Do you? No, no, I don't. I mean, they, they've, if it's not Chapman, it's Patances, so there's Yeah, there's a I think of, so, too. We'll talk about time. They will the probably won't even, after. There's those other kind of saves, the three-inning three saves, and neither one of them is really going to go three innings. So. Yeah, Adam Warren more likely to get those. Uh, like yeah. I said, we'll talk about Clippard uh, and the White Sox when we do our, our, our closing time segment there. Let's talk J.D. Martinez getting dealt. We already briefly mentioned it out to Arizona. Man, for when, three. He got hit, when he got hit, I was like, oh my God. That was crazy. And then Frazier got hit yesterday too. They both yeah. got hit uh, in their debuts with their new teams and, and thankfully neither is uh, seriously injured. It looks like day-to-day for J.D. Martinez right now he's going to miss a couple games. He didn't play today i don't believe uh and could miss tomorrow's game and then and then come back saturday traded over for three prospects it's a bad system so any three prospects was not really going to be a major return just looks like the market for a rental corner infielder uh, who can't play defense obviously a great bat but but little else uh just isn't that rich because uh, you know they've been dangling him out there for a while and this is the deal they landed on so jd martinez out to arizona how much does it change your outlook on uh, what Martinez is able to do. Let's assume health, obviously. Let's assume he comes back and he's fine. We'll deal with it. I would have predicted a little bit of regression for him because he's been more of a 2-250 ISO guy, and right now he's running a 322. And uh, 29% home run for fly ball rate, which is, you know, know, the late sluggers can get near there, but he's been carrying more of a 20. So, you know, with with the juice ball, we've gone up to about 12, 13% league average. So, you know, adding 30% to his normal 18 to 20% um, uh, home run for fly ball rate, not, not adding 30%, like going up to 50, but adding, you no, know. No, going up to 26. Yeah, yeah. it is, is plausible. And then you add in the fact that he's going to Arizona, he may just do what he's doing the rest of the year. I kind of like, think J.D. Martinez yeah. will. So the question yeah. doesn't really become what's going to change. Because, yeah, maybe maybe he's more 950 OPS than 1,008. Maybe he's, you know, 1050. You know, it's, it's, there's going to be a range there, I think, between the, uh, I'd say, 930 and 1030 somewhere. Like He's going to live in the elite range. I really think so. Um, and runs and RBI is going to be plentiful there. They were pretty good in Detroit, though, because even though they're not a great team, the middle of the lineup was still strong. The question becomes, what do you do for NL-only fab? Because obviously this is a big piece coming over. Um, you need offense. Is this a, the kind of guy you put the whole the whole kid and caboodle on? You, you, you go full bore for J.D. Martinez? Yeah, you know, and I think that the fact that he has only played 230 plate appearances because of his injury early in the season, I think that suppresses his overall numbers. And if you're trying to trade with somebody that's thinking about the, their Yahoo rating or whatever, 
Yeah. Um, then I think you might have an opportunity to get them cheap, you know, because the Yahoo will count those runs in RBI and you know won't uh, won't factor pro in. The fact. They don't prorate anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Same with the with the ESPN player rater doesn't. You know, they got him fifty first among outfielders. If you kind of took him on a per game basis, I bet I got to imagine he's top ten. Yeah. Or, da yeah. or damn close. Maybe not top ten on. Because there's probably some guys with only 20 games played that would jump yeah. way up, but damn close for JD Martinez. So I, I feel like yeah. you got to put good pretty much everything. Yeah. I mean, the, the 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 tough part becomes if you guys don't have zero dollar bids, right? You want to have some space to be adding because you don't want zeros on guys. In case someone gets hurt, you need to be able to pick up a exactly. even just a replacement level prospect. Exactly. So level, you, know, you might have to save a few bucks just for that. And that but becomes like, unfortunate. Ninety-five percent of what you got left. Yeah, I, I think you got to go super hard. In terms of hard. trades, like it's a it's a good acquisition. You know, it's a good good one to. to and get I, I would I would trade to try to get the hammer in Fab as well, so that I can you know that that's the kind of move I'd be making this week to set it up to get JD Martinez. I think that's what you want to do. Um, I'm not sure. There's no one that's going to come over that's better. There could be some comparables. I can't think of them off the top of my head. But I don't think anyone's going to be better than J.D. Martinez. Uh, small trade, David Phelps out to Seattle, bolsters their bullpen. Really underrated reliever. Um, a lot of people were surprised. Like the White Sox deal, I think it means something more to the pen he's left than the pen he's joined. Exactly. It clears out. Uh, Although I no, guess AJ he's probably the number two in, in Seattle now. Well, And, and, the, and they hadn't really Diaz has had him. hiccups, but right. the fact is, you know, he had the one hiccup. They took him out for a week. It always looked like he was going to get the job back. It always looked like a rest and not a lost job, and that's exactly what it played out to be. But I think you're right about Miami, which we will talk about their situation here in a moment. But David Phelps, quality reliever, uh, again, unlikely to take the job from Diaz, but 47 innings, 51 strikeouts, just an AL only guy that you can kind of fill in instead of using those those terrible fifth and sixth starter types. Um, any Any value beyond that for David Phelps? Yeah, I don't. Uh, I mean, just as a handcuff, and uh, you know, there's a slight possibility, but he ranks below a lot of other people because there's going to be a lot of upheaval in bullpens right now. Yes, and when, this is not one that you need to sit on, you know, any longer. If the, if you see a move somewhere to to be made, like I'd rather. Well, we can get into it later, but I'd rather. There's a lot of people I'd rather have than Phelps right now. And do you know anything about the prospects that the Mariners got? Oh, uh, let's see. There's a, there's Brian a Hernandez. opportunity that for Brian Hernandez to turn into. You know, two to four win center fielder, but okay. Uh, you know, it's a little bit like Dawel Lugo in the JD in deal. The JD Martinez deal. It's and that's saying something because you know, a year and a half or a year or two months of a reliever got almost the same return as two months of JD Martinez, but um, it is a full extra year of Phelps, and I guess there's a lot of hitters on the market all of a sudden. You know, it's like with with the ball and. With the certain, oh, with the injuries, or just not a lot of desire for hitters. It, it, yeah. I don't even know that it's a flush market. It's just that who really needs yeah. corner outfielders? Yeah. So anyway, it's sort of in the way that Dowell Lugo could, you know, has like a twenty percent, thirty percent chance of turning into an okay player. Uh, I would say Hernandez has the same thing, but none of them. Um, I mean, I don't even know if any of them are top one hundred. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't think deal. so don't either. Think so, yeah. I'm not a. I don't go super deep on the prospects once you get beyond the uh, double A level. But 
I didn't I didn't even recognize any of the names, so I'll read the uh, the write up on the front page to kind of get a little bit more information about the four going over there. The other ones were Brandon Miller, Pablo Lopez, and Lucas Schiraldi. You know, I want to talk about Tommy Pham. He's beasting. Two for four today with a run, two ribbies, and his 13th homer. The dude has been out of his mind. Uh, we talked about it a bit before in different avenues. Wrote about it on the road to write up the last couple days. He got his eyes fixed, which is a big deal, of course. You have to be able to see the ball to hit the ball. 12 homers, 13 stolen bases. Well, actually, 13 homers, 13 stolen bases now. 310 batting average. Tommy Pham, how good is he in your eyes? He's uh, 22nd on the ESPN player rater. I know. Among so the hard thing for me is... is you know, I always want to put them in the context of their career and how much is left and ceiling and floor and all that. And the one thing about him is he's 29 years old. Sure. So, but know, I, I honestly, I don't really care about the rest of the, the rest of the season is really all I care about with Fam because he's 29. I'm really focused short term yeah, with somebody like this. I don't think he's a great dynasty keeper type acquisition. I'm not sure that he's going to continue stealing a ton of bases after this year. You know, it's stolen bases at age terribly, um, you know. But he's he's always had, a, you know, decent pop. It's just he also hits everything on the ground. So it's a little bit a little bit hard for me to believe in this power um, as it is. I mean, like it's a 30% home run for fly ball rate because he just doesn't hit a lot of home – he doesn't hit a lot of fly balls. Um, so I guess I, what I would say is I'd probably take the over on some of the stolen base totals for the rest of this year, and maybe the, I'd take the over on his batting average since he hits so many balls on the ground and he hits the ball hard. You know, I, I think he can probably carry like a 340, 350 Babbitt. So my projections are a little bit higher than the ones that are there, and the shape of his produ- production I think is very interesting. You know, someone said uh, in my chat today, A.J. Pollock is – projected for a 280 average and five home runs and nine stolen bases the rest of the day year that's and people that's are and people are, are you know isn't he overrated and i was like there are like 15 players who are projected to have nine stolen bases the rest of this year so I, you know i would say that tommy Pham's projection for me is like 275 350 uh, and then probably just like a 450 on the end and uh, that's a reduction in power, and it probably only comes with six or seven homers, but it comes with nine home runs, and all of a sudden we've got A.J. Pollock. I, so, I was going to say 286 and 10 is the numbers that I had for Fam, and yeah. I didn't even know Pollock's, so I got him right there for the and, rest and, of the season. And if both of those numbers sound um, you know, underwhelming to you, you have to remember they're top 15 for rest of season stolen base protections because yep. there are no stolen bases in the game. So, and if you want to just convert that into homers, I would say that's probably as if he was going to hit, you know, 21 homers in the second half. Exactly. They're no, they're no I would longer say a one bases, to one. Yeah, it's more like a one, one to one and a half, you know, like you can Completely almost add 50%. Agree. Yeah, so. Completely agree. Well, know. let's play some either or with him. We already talked about Pollock. Would you take Fam over Pollock? No, I, w- I wouldn't go that far. I, mean, I, I just I think that, that, you know, Pollock is going to hit for batting at better batting at. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think it's more guaranteed that, that he will. And, of course, his playing time is 100% guaranteed. Pollux right. is when healthy. Well, whereas Fam, when uh, Piscotti and Gritchuk get back, 
it, it goes up in the air a little bit even though he is producing okay so let's go let's obviously jump down a little bit here and then work our way back up steven souza jr or tommy fam mm, souza phone the old souza phone 20 homers so far this year four stolen bases 271 average He's uh, got the more traditional shape, I think, to his bat, to what he's doing. Um, he's a little bit more replaceable in terms of it's easier to get homers right now. Correct. Um, he also strikes out. He strikes out more, right? Twenty-eight percent to twenty-five percent for Souza over Fam. Yeah, yes. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Fam. I think because. You know the the shape of his bad balls. Uh, Souza's more of a one to one kind of guy. Uh, it's better for power, but it's not as good for for batting average. And then you take in the fact that he's projected to have a thirty percent batting average going forward. Uh, I don't really see a reason to bet on anything higher than a two forty five, two fifty batting average from Souza. S- uh, different name, but very similar production. Just want to see where you're at with Adam Duvall. Duval mm-hmm. and Souza are very similar, but do you see Duval in, in a better light, or are you taking Fam over Duval as well? Well, I'm looking for steals everywhere, so I'm a little biased towards you know trying to I'm take with the guy you. with his steals. But um, you know, one thing that's nice about Duval is that he strikes out a little bit less. He's projected to strike out about five percent less, and that's just more balls in play. You know, Souza is projected to do better with those balls in play because he has a more even uh, ground ball to fly ball mix, whereas Duval is kind of going for the home run mm-hmm. um, but at the same time I think that there's going to be virtually no difference between Souza and Duval going forward you know maybe five points of batting average I, I agree they're, they're they're very similar how about David Peralta nine homers six stolen bases 318 average um, yeah, so this is a guy this is a guy that I see is very comparable you know he's going to make more contact and get more out of it that way Comparable um, right down to his his late breakout too, right? Two years right, ago when he broke true. out, he was twenty seven. So they're very comparable. Doesn't quite hit the ball as hard as Fam, uh, but has a much better park for it. Um, I just think I don't think he's going to steal as many bases. I, he's been he's high high percentage, but he picks his spots. Peralta yeah. does. I, I want to do a search here real quick. I think this will be interesting. Uh, they have a foot speed. Oh yeah, the Statcast uh, application now on. On, uh, I'd like to see where Fam Fam rates here. So Fam is uh, 28.4. Top 30. He's basically Christian Yelich and, and Cesar Hernandez, uh, Dexter Fowler. So pretty fast. Yep. You know, Daniel uh, Swanson's around him. Aaron Altair. And then David Peralta is another tier below him at 27.8. He's next to Rigneto Dor. Uh, AJ Pollock, Yasiel uh, Puig, but but uh, but slower. I mean, significantly. Which slower. makes There's sense. About 20 He's called the freight train. In between them. He's called the freight train, so it makes sense, right? When he when he uh, David Peralta, that's his nickname. When oh, he picks yeah. up speed, he, he gets guy. going, but it's not it's not blinding speed. It's not as much quickness. Um, I really like David Peralta. I was pretty high on him this year. Thought he was coming very very cheaply, so I would want to hang on to him. But if I have to choose between the two, I think I would go Fam. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think so too. I mean, you mentioned Peralta's the, batting average may be safer. Three eighteen. I so, agree. I agree. So there's 15% a little bit strikeout rate. There's a little park. bit of what your needs are, but I find them is very comparable, and it's like you know, 
if you need more batting average, take Peralta. You know, if you want a little bit more power um, and maybe more steals, take take Fam. You brought up the last name, and again, he's in this same group of, of Peralta Fam, and you mentioned that his speed was right by Fam's. Christian Yelich seems crazy to bring him up because the expectations were so high, and he he went so early this year, but the power has evaporated again, and it was it probably should have been treated as more suspect coming into the year than it was because he still had a 57% ground ball rate. Now that was a vast improvement over the sixties that he'd been putting up, but it just put such a burden on home run to fly ball rate. So when he didn't match his 24%, he's down to 15% this year. The power just isn't there for Yelich. He has nine homers, eight stolen bases, 282 average, uh, you know, good runs in, in RBIs for that team. Uh, but if I do you think believe it's a valid that, question, no, it is because if you believe that Tommy Pham can hit 275 instead of 265, then he's the better player going forward. Because he's probably gonna have more power and speed. Yeah, he's projected to have you know three or three or four more homers and and stolen base. Like actually combined, he's projected to have like six or seven more homers and stolen bases. So you know, at 264 versus 280, you might. You might go with the batting average and yeah, like, but but if you think that Tommy Pham's at two seventy five, uh, uh, Christian Yelich's only projected to have a two eighty. So you know, I, if you think Pham can do two seventy five, you take him. I think Otherwise, you can do it anyway. I was gonna say I think you could do a two for two, where you're trading Yelich to get Pham, and and then you get a pitcher upgrade because it's yeah. looking like you're giving the outfield upgrade. Because they're probably the they're way closer than the names suggest. Exactly, and that's what's going to help you get the secondary advantage in in a two for two deal like that. Because it's I not like. Point out, Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I would point out that he's hitting two eighty two with a BABIP that looks at three thirty one. Looks like it's um, well above average, and you know that's fine. His career BABIP is three fifty seven for Yelich. It's actually low for Yelich. You're right. Three thirty one is career low. And none of the projection systems will give him even his career BABIP. So, you know, they might be low on him hitting about 280, 285. So, you know, there's definitely more upside, I think, with, with Christian just because, I mean, he's five years younger. Uh, at any point, something could click. And you have this history of high BABIP. So, and two-plus months of a 320 is certainly not out of bounds, even if it doesn't come with a ton of homers. But if he's hitting 320, that's probably a boatload changes. of singles, and then all yeah. of a sudden you're getting double-digit stone bases. So there is the path for Yelich. This is not slam dunk. He's going to be worse. It's based on needs. I see how I see the path for Fam being better, but that's why if I made that trade, be. it would be a two-for-two two where I get another advantage. Yeah, and they could be way close than their name suggests for sure. All right, let's talk some closers. Uh, it's closing time here, and uh, again, a lot of lot of movement since the last time we, we spoke. And of course, there's always things changing in bullpens, even when there aren't, when even when the trade deadline isn't looming. But the fact that we're close to the deadline really opens things up. So if you've been looking for saves, this is one of your this prime times time. to try to get good here again. Sean Doolittle, Ryan Madsen, both go out to Washington. I want to say both have logged a save. I'm not entirely sure on that. I know Doolittle has one. Who do you think is the guy to get there, though? Who do, you, who do you like best the rest of the way in Washington? Or uh, option C, they haven't, they don't have their closer yet, and they're still going to get one, in your opinion. What, what do you think about Washington's closer situation? Well, there was some talk that they were going to be in on Justin Wilson, and somebody didn't understand that because they have Doolittle. But what I, my point is that that might actually open up 
them that might open them up to have a lefty closer. Exactly. Because the whole reason you don't go with lefty closers normally is because you uh, then don't have a, a power lefty behind him. And but I they do, do have Eddie Romero. That, I, yeah, yeah. Not that, but, not that know, he's as trustworthy. I, I'm, I don't want to. But also in the, yeah. I wouldn't imply no, he's that he's as, nearly as trustworthy. But but I, I agree right. with your point. Getting getting Wilson would would bring Doolittle would free one of them up to be the lefty closer, and you still have that superstar lefty to get. And today's game is sort of even changing beyond that, where you know now the relievers are coming in the fifth, so you kind of want to have two lefties, you know, if possible. So absolutely, uh, two two sort of power late late lefties. Uh, I don't know. I think they'll probably stick with where they are because they can only trade away so many players. Uh, for Victor Robles for Justin year. Wilson. Get it done. <laughs> we'll do um, it. I'll speak for I, the Tigers. We'll, 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 we'll take it. We'll take Victor Robles, I guess. I, th- I, guess. I think Dusty Baker is a little bit more mentally agile than uh, uh, than people give him credit and for. And he gets credit for it, yeah. Yeah, and I don't – you know, uh, Madsen – has only gotten a hold, and Doolittle got the save. I think they've only sort of pitched the one time. One time each. You're right. You're um, right. But I don't think that that's necessarily uh, what's going to happen going forward. I do. I would like to see something. Could you see forward. a matchup situation like uh, you're talking about? How you know Dusty gets tagged as as the old school of, of the old school, and he has plenty of old school takes. But could you see them just saying, you know what? While well, we kind of we're gonna we have two guys that we can really rely on now. And if we're facing, I'm trying to think of a team that that has you know some lefty bat, if they're facing the Dodgers and Seager and Bellinger are due up in the ninth, we're going to go Doolittle. If we're facing a team you know uh, like the Brewers and they've got Braun, Santana, and um, you know I don't know Arcia. That's not their that's not their batting order. Just to say Braun and, and Santana, they got two righties coming up. Then we'll go Madsen. Do you think is it something where they would play matchups, or do they want to have that guy that they rely on because they believe in roles? Well, this is interesting because I was going to say that I think they could be a platoon situation, but uh, Doolittle faced Crone, righty. Yeah. Revere, nobody doesn't have a bat. <laughs> looking for his bat still. Cole Calhoun, lefty. Mike Trout and Albert Pujols, righties. Now, if he was really going to be... And there was a runner on for Trout and Pujols. But he'd already used Madsen. That's interesting. Yeah. So he might have thought, clean inning goes righty, lefty, lefty. So, you know, let's, let's put Doolittle out there. And then if he didn't have Madsen... Or he could have brought Madsen out for Trout and Pujols. Well, I'm not sure that we can figure this one out just yet. It's clear that Madsen's set up and Doolittle's there. It's clear that Doolittle has had injury, you know, situations in his past. He's gone into and out of the, the closer role in his past. He's hell. They probably, both have, to be honest. Yeah, that, they, that, that's the past for both of those guys. He's probably the better pitcher overall, Doolittle, but he does seed. He does seed the the platoon advantage more often than Madsen. So I guess Doolittle is your closer, but Madsen is one of the better guys out there to to, to hold on to and may get some saves still. I think that's fair. Um, I think most leagues uh, were, were – actually, since the trade was done on Sunday, I know in my league at CBS, which just kind of has the, the basic the CBS rules – 
we weren't allowed to bid on them yet because they came in Sunday, so it's this week. So I think a lot of leagues probably have that similar thing. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of bidding coming up, and I think one of the more interesting parts of this is that since the trade deadline has started to spread out recently, you now have this choice of like, you know, do I bid now? Bird in hand. Yep. Yeah. Or do I? I wait? go bird in hand personally. I, I don't. I don't wait. So I'm. It's a save holds league. So I'm actually pretty interested in both guys, to be honest. That's where I'm lagging the most. Um, but let's forget that because most are just saves. Who are you putting your money on in an NL only, and what kind of what kind of uh, percentage are you throwing on Doolittle Madsen? Hmm. I mean, the, the injury thing just is really annoying. I I, I love Doolittle though, so so do I. I it, it's I I, I don't want to have too much of a bias toward him for the person that he is because I right. like him as a person. But both, both I think, can do the job, too. That's that's but why Madsen, I don't want to lose know, sight of Madsen. Madsen's strikeout rate is not where it used to be. He is 700 years old. Just turned yeah. 700. Happy birthday. Uh, I would say... <laughs> oh, wait. That was how many Tommy Johns he's had. Sorry. Uh, no. He's only 36... It's is seven hundred Tommy Johns though. Really happy for him that he kind of came. Oh no, it's kind of awesome that he's had a a full second act. Look at that, twenty eleven and then twenty fifteen. That's not 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 a lot of people do that. No, like a lot of guys Uh, probably just say, "F it, I'm good. I I had a nine year career. I'm I'm done." But he's come back and he's been damn good for three years. Like you said, I think that does change things. If you want, if you're in a saves league, it does mute how much you want to put down. Because I do think Doolittle's the guy, but you want to take some off because Madsen could be the guy. So, you know, I think a lot of people are probably down to about $40, $50. Out of a uh, standard 100, yeah. And, uh, you know, I would probably spend like 50% of that okay. on one of them. I, I probably probably spent like 50% on Doolittle and maybe if you um, you want to do that double bid where you can you get Madsen if you don't get Doolittle. Uh, you know, spend you know twenty to 30, 25, 30 percent on Madsen. Yeah, I was gonna say thirty. Um, yeah, I would say bid on both in case you obviously in case you don't get one, especially if you're in the big, the big need for saves. What about save holds where you don't have to worry so much about the role? Oh, I, well, I then, assume you're still prioritizing Doolittle. Do you yeah. up your bid? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, he's he's really nice, and then even if he loses his job, he's going to be the power lefty. He's going to be the setup guy. He and he the lefties are good for holds because they can come in. They Two even outs. those loogie appearances that they have, they Especially come if in. You have an innings cap, and you and you need the most out of out of your innings. Like that's it's beautiful when they come in for two innings and score you that hold. Exactly. Uh, two outs. That's it. But I completely agree. It's so nice. So there's there's the Doolittle Madsen situation. Obviously, if it changes, it has to be two outs for a hold. No, no, no. I thought you were saying when they come in. And oh, just yeah. get two outs. No, you can do yeah. one out. Tim Burdick yeah, was like the, out, yeah. the holds beast for a while for the Mets. <laughs> he would come in for lit- – he was a literal loogie, yeah. and he was a holds master. Uh, Keone Kayla got activated in Texas, and it's looking like he's going to have a really good chance to become the closer there. They've just been kind of uh, throwing anything against the wall lately. Matt Bush really not getting it done. Had another blow-up outing yesterday. Not probably not going to be a boatload of opportunities for saves there, but I don't really get too focused on that. If a guy's a closer, I just want to focus on closers. Do you think Keone Kell is somebody that people need to go out and get immediately if they need saves in Texas? Yeah, I messed up today in my chat. I said Leclerc, but I forgot. I, I knew I thought Kayla was hurt, and he's he's back. He, he was. You were it's right, not but he just came back. I don't Claudio. think it's Claudio either. Claudio's uh, 
it doesn't have the strikeout rate. If you watch him, it's sort of amazing to watch him because he's like he throws he, he, fourteen miles an hour. Right. Like if it were if there was if if Moyer was slow, slower, slowest, like Claudio's like slowest, slower, <laughs> the slowest you've ever and seen, and not moving. <laughs> yeah, not he has moving. one pitch that doesn't move. <laughs> They keep calling it a balk because they think it falls out of his glove. He's like, no, that's the pitch. That's the actual pitch. He swung. Did you see? He swung. He swung at that. Come on. That's a strike. That's not. Come on. Uh, I like Leclerc, by the way. He did, he got the the sexy stuff, 14% strike. Or excuse me, 14. And if Keeley uh, gets hurt, like I might I might hold him around on those deeper leagues where. Certainly. You know, AL only type situations because he's. Keeley can get hurt again. Keeley's gotten hurt already this year. And I think Leclerc has kind of moved his way up. You. Like Bush pl- uh, pitched in a in a blowout loss, and he actually contributed to the blowout and loss. And got so. murked. Yeah, yeah that was, so it's been tough. It's been Bush tough. is Bush is behind Leclerc, I think now. Leclerc is pitching in wins. So Bush hasn't gotten a, uh, a save since June 27th, and in that span, um, mostly clean innings. Actually, uh, in fairness to him, six out of, or six out of seven. Excuse me, six out of eight appearances have been clean, but the two that haven't. Uh, have been really bad. A third of an inning, three runs. Two thirds of an inning, five runs. Only two of them were earned, but nine hits, uh, in or eight hits in the inning of work. So he just doesn't. They don't have confidence in in Matt Bush right now. I do think Kale is the guy you want. Leclerc and Al only hang on to him, get those strikeouts, and then see if anything develops with Kalo. Make sure Kalo's coming back healthy because he's not guaranteed to be the closer either. They could just say, we'll go with LeClerc. Remember, Kalo was in the doghouse earlier this year for some attitude issues. So, um, yeah, I'm not saying that those are still maybe lingering. They re- yeah, I mean, maybe but they don't want to reward him coming right off the... the exactly. Yeah. So Neither, just Nobody has a say. So. <laughs> be careful there. Uh, but that's I would prioritize Kalo uh, if I were going to prioritize anybody. As I mentioned in the White Sox deal... It's actually going to be Tyler Clippard who gets the shot, not Anthony Swarzak. So all of your Anthony yeah. Swarzak bids and pickups are for naught right now. But Tyler Clippard has fallen on some hard times. It's, he's had a weird season. He started off really strong and then completely fell apart to the point where any time he was in the game, regardless of what lead the Yankees had, they were in they were in peril. Uh, and now he's run up a 4.95 ERA for the season, 10.4 strikeouts, which is nice, but 4.7 walks and 1.7 homers. It, it's it's been rough now for a while. And like I said, it 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 just kind of happened. He had a 157 ERA through his first 25 appearances with the skills to back it up too. It wasn't just uh, it wasn't inflated or it wasn't uh, you know a false ERA. It was it, Clippard was awesome. Then over his last 15 appearances, 10.80 ERA, five homers in 13 and a third innings, 12 strikeouts, 10 walks, 16 hits. Only a 2.89 BABIP too, so you can't just say bad luck. Um, I know the five homers don't count, so maybe that, there's some homer bad luck. But obviously he's lost the plate. He's had issues. How good is Clippert as a closer in, uh, for the White Sox? Does he regain it like a lower, uh, Dyson, lower. or is he nothing? No, he's a lower-tier closer. I, I, I don't know. I have to make this decision myself for labor, but I, I just right now I have a sizable bid in. I just don't feel comfortable with it, and it's going to take me out of the seat of the running for other things I want to do later. I don't know. It's um, it's a tough one for me because I I think that it, at some point it's one of those things where the fastball keeps getting worse relative to the changeup. Yeah, um, which puts a lot of onus on that changeup. Yeah, I mean, it looks like his his velocity hasn't gone up, but uh, hasn't gone down. But if you look at pitch info, which has you know uh, corrected for a lot of the things that StatCat uh, that uh, PitchFX hasn't, 
this is the worst with his velocity has ever been, you know, ever since he stopped starting. So, you know, 91 miles an hour. Um, I know the changeup is still 80, so there's still that huge gap. But I think it's just easier to sit on something now. Um, and, and maybe it has something to do with the cutter because uh, he has been throwing a cutter. Maybe, you know, at 90, that means that some of those fastballs are 88. And, you know, if you've got that 88-mile-an-hour fastball and the 80-mile-an-hour cutter, you just uh, and you can maybe spot them somehow, then maybe uh, you, you stick with those. But uh, it's funny that they, they break out the splitter from the changeup. Right. Um, I, I, I feel like those are the change. same pitch. Yeah, I, I always which means so that he's now throwing his changeup 60% of the time. I know I compare things a lot to, to MLB, the show, the video game, but I, they split the two pitches up too because obviously they only go off of real-life data, but that's when I first discovered that, that he allegedly had these two different pitches, and I just didn't think he did. I thought I thought it was all change-up for Clipper there, but apparently they're two distinct pitches by but the uh, classifications. It, it, it does uh, come up with, it does make you think about the different kinds of changes because we know that there are two ways to be for a change up to be good. One is just pure movement. That's the Granky Felix Hernandez change where it just almost doesn't matter what velocity you throw it at, right? And you that's what that Felix hard and that's Felix's bread and butter because it's only three miles an hour different. It's really the his. only reason he's he's a viable pitcher in the major You're leagues right. right now <laughs> because the gap between his his fastball and his and his changeup is like three doesn't miles exist. an hour. It yeah. doesn't exist. If it wasn't for the movement, you wouldn't even necessarily know. So you're right. That It's the movement ones and then the velocity the gap ones, ones, right? And, and Clipper is one of the gap guys. But um, now he's throwing the changeup 60% of the time, which means he has to he has to pitch backwards. He, or or everyone just sits changeup. I mean, if you can sit changeup. It doesn't actually – his changeup isn't actually that impressive in terms of movement. It actually – Sometimes when you watch Clippard, you're going, I don't get it. What is going on here? Why can't you hit those balls? I, th- I think he addressed that recently uh, in like a roundabout way because somebody was saying like maybe it's just not working anymore. He's like, but it's worked for so long. So like, yeah. I, I don't know. I think, I think I'm going to be fine. And it's like, are you trying to convince it, us or yourself, dude? Because he had home run issues last year too. Right. No, and, and I think that's partially because people guess and guess right and then they can hammer it. But he's never – right now he's at literally – 40 not he's a he's at 50 percent change-ups he's never been here before so if you've got the gap thing and you're 50 percent change-ups how often are you setting up the change-up it's exactly. almost like the opposite where maybe he should go to 70 percent change-ups and use that and have people you know guessing on that and then use the fastball for 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 whiffs but and i'm sure he does that to some extent but at the same time you know, there's something about this. Um, it seems like a high wire act, and I think it always has. I mean, if you look, if you look up and down, he's always had home run rates. It's just that he kept his strikeout rates so high and his walk rates low enough where you know it was fine that he had these home run rates. And but, if they if they weren't hitting homers, they were topping things, popping it up. Like they they weren't getting good contact otherwise. And yeah. that's even still the case this year, but the home runs are so damaging because it's a 12% walk rate, uh, his highest since 2009, and it's just become a, a, a flood of issues here. I don't know what this 80-mile-per-hour cutter is either. With the, I guess I'm, we're spoiled by the uh, high 80s, low 90s cutters of these days where I'm like, 80? Why is that even a pitch? Is that a slider? Right? Yeah, what yeah is that, that? that's a slider. That's not a cutter. So I don't love it. Um, I really thought Swarzak should have gotten the opportunity this seems see, like one of those guys done it before sort of deals. 
Right, let's see, um, let's see the situation with, uh, like, let, who's a worse closer? Uh, just coming to mind, Fernando Rodney. I knew you were going to say uh, that. Poor Rodney. Jim Johnson. No, I would take, Ro- I would take Johnson over. Clifford over Clifford. Jim Johnson over Clifford. Rodney, I might take Rodney over Clifford. I think um, I might too. I mean, he, Rodney was on a run until very recently. Brandon Maurer? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm at a point where I'd like to see a little something from from uh, Clifford too, even if it was three, four outings in a row. Because I, I was a fan when he was a closer many years ago, but like you said, like it, it just doesn't seem like it's fooling guys anymore. Yeah. I think I would take Maurer. At least Maurer can rear back and get 97, 98 when he needs it. That's true. Sometimes straight as an arrow, but I, I think I would go Maurer. I, well, I don't we think have he, Matt Bush listed, but Sam uh, Dyson might be the only one that. That is in that same category outside of the Texas and Dyson at group. Least has been playing playing recent, better recently. Yeah, I, I should have brought him up. Let's talk about him real quick. Sam Dyson, uh, redemption for you since he, he was your guy and he's back out in San Francisco closing. Well, 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 I mean, joking aside, he's been pretty good. Head, but um, you know, it's a good burn, by the way. I like it. On on some level, I think he's just uh, gotten a little bit of his velocity back and facing weaker hitters. And um, and just natural regression, right? Like he couldn't be as bad as he was in Texas. At a point, it just started to snowball on itself. And don't you almost is, is it too narrative based to say like he needed the change of scenery because it was just such a nightmare? He was getting booed before he threw his first pitch in Texas, and you just got to get away from that. Yeah, that's, um, that's, that's a hard way to live. And then on I top of that, he. he was a little bit hurt like there were some finger issues yeah i feel like it just had to get better so the fact that he's got 276 era 122 whip uh strikeouts are still ne- they're never going to be sam dyson's calling card but he's up to a 7-7 mark 3.3 walks 7.7 hits so it, it's it's dysony now it's only going to be temporary because melanson will eventually come back but would you prefer dyson or clippard I mean, this is the second time that Melanson's been uh, down with a forearm package. What is it? The uh... it, it, isn't he having kind of the uh, the Wade Davis sort of season then, where he's where he's dealing with it two different times in a row? Yeah, and it's an elbow and the, like the the uh, what's it called the flexor mass? I feel like it was going on, and it's the same thing. Yeah, had the PRP injection. Yeah, you're right. Um, looking been, like been crappy in between, kind of. There's no rush. Got a cortisone no shot rush. a while ago. Yeah, they said you no know, rush I, to bring I him think, back. Honestly, I think maybe he won't. Uh, he won't come back, or if he does come back, it's like it's about the same. Like I think Clippard will lose the job to Warzak. <laughs> so, um, so they have the Dyson same amount of time as what you're saying. Melanson. Yeah, it's like wh- who's going to be there longer? I might take Dyson, but I think that's where we're talking about Clippard. So it's hard to. But he is a closer. I mean, there's only 30 of them. So oh, yeah, you have to – listen, if you need saves, that's just the nature of the beast. you still got to take a look at Clippard. He's been named the guy. There's no ambiguity around it right now. Right. We've seen lesser closer, uh, lesser relievers turn things around, guys with far fewer skills, not a 15% swing strike rate, 27% strike rate. We've seen those guys turn it around. Uh, relievers are that volatile. You need to be in on Clippard if you need saves. It's just your confidence level should be pretty low think i would take dyson as well uh but yeah that's that's the kind of tier that he's in rank dyson 
Clippard and Kayla. Let's assume Kayla right now. Um, so we don't have clarity on that, but Kayla, let's assume. Dyson, Clippard. Yeah, I'm with you. Kayla, Rodney, Dyson, Clippard. Okay, well, I'm going to sh shift you a little bit here on the uh, rundown because it's going to be apt. Who closes in Detroit if Justin Wilson is dealt, and then where do they fall in this uh, spectrum oh, of poop closers? I should ask you this, but he's not even on I our... think Shane Green. You think so? I I hope Bruce Rondon pitched the eighth in the in the tight. And win. that's I I could still see them giving I I the organization I do think wants to give him one more shot uh, of saying can you finally be the homegrown Tigers? They also have him for more years of control than Green, right? Because Green's running out. Uh, 2020 for Rondon. I would imagine the same for Green, but let me check. 2021 for Green. Green has an extra year. More? Yep. Weird. I guess Rondon's been around longer than I thought. So, I yeah, they, they're trying to give Rondon another shot, but Green, well, Green's I, been their go-to guy, not always in the eighth inning or anything like that, but in the higher leverage situations. I would imagine he yeah, probably has a yeah. higher WPA or leverage index, I mean. Yeah, but Avila might be a uh, savvy type, you know, might be. He might be. Might be willing to continue using Shane Green that way and have run down in the ninth. And that, is, I mean, in terms of a resource dispersal, I do think it is probably smarter to have Green available because he is still just coming off of, you know, he was starting as recently as last year, I believe. So not that he's super he's stretched to out, to go but four or five outs. he can go, he can go regularly. I mean, he has... Interestingly enough, though, he only has 43 innings in his 46 appearances, um, but his 46 appearances mm. are an AL high. So they're using him with volume uh, of appearances more than they are volume. We can in tell the you outings. one thing. It will not be Alex Wilson. It, 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 it can't be. It can't, it can't be. be. Um, he needs to be there. I know he's, he needs to be better. He's yeah, not it, better. He's not. He's better. just not. He's just not. So <laughs> I, I would I would Rondone. And green are the two guys to look at in terms of sp splitting up your money. I would split it down the middle, and I, I, I would go harder on Clipper yeah, with or Kayla with that money than I would anything yes. with the uh, Detroit oh, situation. And rank your AL bids. Okay. Um, on Sunday. You know, Kayla's probably already owned. You know, Clipper probably in AL leagues. DL'd if you had a DL limit limit they might Maybe he might have been dropped, kicked yeah. off because of that but but let's assume, yeah he's going to be mostly owned but if he is available I'm going to go Clippard Kayla Detroit replacement and I think I'm going to put my money behind Green yeah. I completely understand those that want to go Rondon though because the, I do there's think not that the a real easy answer like the 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 rubric that I use doesn't really kick out an easy answer between uh, Green and Rondon because um, I think. Let me make sure of this, but I think Rondon. Has Rondon wins velocity, right? Because he's still well. Yeah, actually, I sure. think his velocity's come down. He doesn't really pop a hundred the way he used to. Uh, well, Rondon wins usage because he was used. Yep. This one time, this last, they only had they, they're not having many hot tight games. So no, um, not but it was a clear team. a clean eighth inning against the Giants when they won the game by one, um, and. I think, yeah, I would give Rondon strikeout rate. And this year, his velocity is 96.6. Uh, they're yeah. close. And they're close. I, I, and uh, I give him all of the non-outcome metrics. Yeah, you're right. The ones that you use that are very reliable. Every Bruce Rondon has 11 appearances this year. They're all in the eighth inning. 
Yeah, I think I think you. I, I I'm gonna shift. I think you do have to go Rondon because he's gonna get that first crack, and you're an AL only. Even if you get three saves out of him, those three could be key. You gotta go with him more. That said, I don't change my outlook on on ranking them. Whether right, you're talking AL only or um, or mixed. One. I, I just think that that last eighth inning was very telling. I mean, that's that's the last piece of information we have, and I hate to be too recency biased, but but both of them, both of his got. last appearances are clean eight eighth innings in um, wins, right? Well, the one was, one a, was loss. a loss. Yeah. One was a loss yesterday. Um, it was a blown loss, so Justin Wilson blew it. So it what he was oh, so setting it was, up. It was a tight game before. It was yeah, a win. He was before. setting up Justin Wilson. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. And that's, Wilson that's, blew it. Usage is actually number one. Usage is number one. As much as me and Derek Hardy have, and others have tried to pin this down with numbers, the the, the number one thing is usage, and they usually and that's even more than what the line manager up. says. Yep, yep. <laughs> they, and they just usually just move the guys up and say everyone everyone kind everyone of moves shift up one. over a seat. <laughs> and meanwhile, you know, Green's been the flexible guy for them. Seventh inning here, uh, extra innings there. Sixth inning in a tough spot. Mostly the seventh, though. So you're right. You're right. I'm, I got to go back on that. I'm going to say Rondon over Green, but try to look elsewhere if you can. You really don't want to mess with it. Uh, Sing 1 0 continues to sputter. Every time it looks like he's about to get back on track with uh, you know three good outings, he has a, a blow up. Trevor Rosenthal continues to hang out there. And, and prior to today, he actually lost the game today, but he'd had six perfect outings in a row. Uh, and he was back on track because he's had his own he's had his own issues, which is probably why he hasn't just ripped that job away from Sanguano. Um How do you assess the the situation in St. Louis right now? Rosenthal just today made me angry. I didn't he, get to see it. I was getting my hair cut. What, what happened first? Are you kidding me? Walk off infield single for Jose Reyes. That makes oh. me angry on so many, so many fronts. levels, <laughs> so many levels. Even as a Mets fan, you're like, "Yay, win!" Oh man, oh, Jose Reyes, Trevor Rosenthal, because of a brain fart. God, I hate all of this. Especially since I think, I think, no, I'm Trevor Rosenthal. I'm behind Trevor Rosenthal. He's the closer. I, I am too, and I think That's, he should. Be. I think O. He's not getting the same strikeouts. He's not got the same bite on his on his slider, and he's a little bit more um, uh, fringy as a closer than maybe people realize because he actually has below average velocity. That's and the key that we talked. We actually talked about this early in the year too. I'm not saying that we called for his fall off. No, one of the I things think I remember I you said, pointing out. I said Rosenthal was one of the best pickups, and you know, correct. earlier this year. And and you pointed out that. 92.8, 92.9, like 93. No one's sneezing at that saying it's poor. But when you start assessing all these power closers, O is near the bottom. Question, very important, um, and it would require, I think, a change over on baseball reference. If Sanguano loses the job, does he have to change his name from the final boss to the penultimate boss? <laughs> That's important. The, the I need semifinal to, boss. Yeah, maybe the semifinal <laughs> boss. I like that one even better because penultimate still sounds too cool when you're the eighth inning guy. Uh, but yeah, Rosenthal, I continue to hold shares even in some mixed leagues. I'm just I, – I, because I still have the spot, obviously some of you are going to get pinched with your bench and you can't do it. But if you can and you need saves, I still, I'm still hanging I'm on like, Rosenthal. I'm yeah, I'm holding on to Rosenthal, and if O, if you have like a a choice between them, I can I'm dropping O is fine, and I think dropping Cecil is fine. I don't I just don't think that you know it's that lefty thing with Cecil. 
Um, and he's been given up opportunity. Like I just don't think he's got it yeah. for the ninth inning. I, I just I I'm not fully. I don't know. Like I I do believe that some guys can do it. Some guys can't. I do, and I think that Cecil has shown that it's not really his thing. It's not. Well, wow. Um, there yeah, is some the talk Cardinals of Addison. Gave him thirty million dollars. Hey, they did. They did. Lefties are important. Um, there is some talk of Addison Reed possibly getting dealt. It would seem to coincide with Familia returning. Is that? Are you going out looking for Familia, Familia in some mixed leagues just in I, case he I've, was cut? Wherever you have a DL slot, I'd put him on there. I mean, there hasn't been any negative news coming out of it. The the uh, the Mets have nothing else. They're they're shopping Reed about as hard as you can shop a guy. And Familiar is already on his throwing program. He's you know almost ten days into it. So uh, and for relievers coming back and throwing programs, all that stuff is easier. He just has to show that he can throw twenty pitches two days in a row. Yeah. So uh, it's just a question of getting him up to his normal velocity and and uh, and doing a couple tests and then it's back to back and once he's done to back to back he's in. So I could see August one Familiar is back in the role. Yeah, I could see it too. Like I said, it could be coinciding perfectly with Familia's return. Some mixed leagues have moved on from Familia. I saw him in one of mine. I know that's anecdotal for one league, but just he's, check. He's, I picked Don't him up assume. and put him on my, in my DL slot in a 10-teamer. Yep. Don't assume. Just check in your 10, your 10 and 12-teamers because uh, you could get a free, pretty damn good closer uh, here's for the a, two months. Here's a uh, under-the-radar AL-only uh, pickup this year. Or, or even just uh, if you're if you're a deeper league looking for saves, Blake Trainin, he is now behind. We refuse to quit, Blake. Yes, Trainin. I'm with you, dude. I that, just can't quit you because I see those damn sinkers and they're oh so God. sexy. So much stuff, and I just feel like he's the one pitching coach or the one tweak or the one teammate saying, "Hey, dude, why don't you just hold it like what? this? You know, he, do this." He made that the tweak last year. Thing. He was really good last year. I know, so. I know. So he needs to tweak. Who who taught him that? Get back to that guy and, and get, get the tweak Casillas going again. Sucks, and you know, if and they he's could nervous about homers. Well, I, I don't think anybody wants him. I think Casillas is more just more likely to to because you know they could have the Giants could have traded him before and. You know, anybody could have signed him, and he got signed for a tiny number. So, um, I think don't underestimate just, Billy Bean. He's going to trade him for Josh Donaldson, and then avenge the trade. <laughs> that would be funny. Trade back for Josh Donaldson. <laughs> I, anyway, I think training is up there. Um, you know, in terms of just straight pickups for saves right now, uh, for guys who are not in the role. You know, yeah. So no, second tier guys, I think. Um, if Trevor Rosenthal is not, it, if we're going to call Trevor Rosenthal in the first chair, then um, and Keela is in the first chair, then, then I think you're looking and at Trinan are the Madsen, two guys we like. Trinan, Swarzak, Swarzak. I'll put Swarzak. Bradley. Ahead of, I'll put Swarzak probably tops. I like Bradley. That's a great name. Isn't Bradley yeah. first chair though? No, Rodney's still supposed. Or you know, for, first chair, you're saying. It is closing. I thought you said one guy that was first oh, no. chair. Yeah, no, I'm saying first no, no, chair is you're, you're right, closing. You're right. so, so, yeah. So, um, so guys who could be closer, I'm looking at uh, LeClerc and who aren't closer right now because it's, yes. there's a lot of flux. But I'm looking at LeClerc, Swarzak, Bradley, um, Trinan, and... Uh, I think those are the best names. Yeah. And then I guess uh, Shane, Shane Green, Bruce. Yeah, I, 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 I guess. I put those but, a little bit below because they're, not only are they not winning games, but they're, uh, they're, there's that 
you know two good guys for one slot situation exactly so no i i think you've identified the best names here's one that's that's currently uh second chair but could easily be first chair but i don't know what to make of him kyle bearclaw out in miami everyone got hyped on him last year really impressive season um you know if if he didn't walk you then then you were out I mean, the dude had a great year, but 5.4 walks was scary. And now he's walking more guys and giving up hits. Some of that hit uh, regression has kind of come to fruition. He's not striking out as much. So the season's been pretty poor, but A.J. Ramos' deals are, are hot and heavy in, in, in talks right now, and David Phelps just got moved. So I think Bearclaw by him, default. Bear yeah, if they trade Ramos, it's Bearclaw. So, what, okay, let's rank these second chair guys then here. Um let me write them down. Swarzak. I don't like to depend on a cl- on a trade, because especially for relievers, because it's like, oh, you know, the Reds could be listening on Iglesias. I'm not going to go run get Michael Lorenzen. It's no, just, no chance. Know, right. Uh, and then even guys like Ramos who are closer to free agency, I just, uh, you know, it takes two to tango. First of all, a team has to want them, and then you know they have to meet the price and. Those things are, I think, more difficult for relievers than anything. So I would put Bearclaw sort of below this group of guys who just need a change in performance, basically, to take over. Okay, so Swarzak, Trine, and Bradley LeClerc at the top, then Bearclaw, um, Green, and... I mean, should Strickland be in there just because we're not certain on Sam Dyson? No, because then there's also the, you know... Uh, the other guy coming back. Because so. Melanson could just come back. And they're even right. shopping Strickland's. <laughs> that's a kind of funny little thing. That's true. That's true. Um, okay, what are you doing right now with Brad Brock shares? I feel like he's pretty well. I think he's probably on a lot of teams because people are heavily oh, yeah, speculating well on a Britain on, deal. Yeah. But but 10 team, you know, even ESPN, he's 50% available. He's you know 49% roster. So, I bet you uh, they have a hard time trading Britain. I mean, do, do the Dodgers really want to trade like a Verdugo? To That's get what it's Britain cost, yeah. when Britain was hurt all year. I don't know. I think they would trade less to get Reed. Or, or well, what if they want a lefty though? Yeah. What if that's their desire is a lefty? I think would it wouldn't Justin Wilson cost less than Zach Britton? Of course. Yeah. Of course. So they go get Justin Wilson. Just give us. I think uh, Britton will stay where he is. Urias, Puig, Verdugo, and fifty million. <laughs> to spend on stuff <laughs> and then it's done deal you can have Rondon as well no problem it's I funny because you. all the better names are Rosenthal Kayla like those are the names to pick up yes and so of that second chair group like it's hard for me to pick a guy I like the most it might be Swarzak on on talent it's Bradley but Rodney has somehow managed to write the ship and, and, yeah, they haven't really had any desire to put Bradley in that role. They had opportunities earlier this yeah. year. And then, like you said, Rodney righted the ship. He had, a, like I said, he had a dud recently. But for the most part, I think he's been back on track now for a couple months. It's not – I mean, yeah. he had two duds in a row right before the All-Star break. He hasn't pitched coming out of the All-Star break. Is he hurt? Why hasn't he pitched yet? It's almost Who? a week. Rodney. Because he sucks and they don't want him to pitch. That's actually a good point. Why haven't I pitched? Are you worried about? Are you worried about calling me? Um, I'm more worried about calling B, but um, (laughs) actually, calling me. He (laughs) it was pretty bad. The he laughed hard. I did string string of walks. String of walks were gone. 
four straight I'm not too worried about walks. Yeah, I'm not actually as worried about him. Uh, I like that guy a lot, too. It's, I think his stuff's it's pretty nasty stuff, when yeah. he's on. And Tommy Hunter Ever isn't threatening me. Ever since he stopped trying to start. Yeah, the so, yeah, only I mean, thing that would be scary is him getting dealt. Or not even scary, but the only change I could see is him getting dealt and then Tommy Hunter gets moved in. Um, but they're not going to they're, – they're, they're in it. No, they're competing. I, yeah, I, I get tired of articles that have – Tampa Bay trade rumors. Like, where's Chris Archer going? Nowhere. nowhere. That's where he's going. Nowhere. Yeah, nowhere. None of them are going anywhere. Why would they make a move? They're completely yeah. in the thick of this deal. All if right. anything, so, they're okay. getting a reliever. I'll put Madsen higher at the top. I think it's like Swarzak, uh, Madsen. This is assuming Kayla is in. Yes. And assuming yes. Rosenthal is in. Um, I think I like Swarzak and Madsen okay. are my favorites right now. Then you've I think got I agree with tra- that. Training, and I think I would actually put um, OC Green and Rondon need something to happen. I might yeah, put Bradley. So. I might put Bradley in there with Training. Bradley and Training are like both like high stuff guys that are behind bad closers, but they may not just they may for whatever reason may not make a move. <laughs> agree. It's kind of similar. Cassie and Rodney is like these guys have been around forever, and they've been crappy recently, but. They, they may just, just get to keep closing. <laughs> yeah. Then I'm going to put, um, yeah, put Rondon and Bearclaw together because they need that deal yeah. to, to even happen. Um, yeah, and I would put Bearclaw uh, ahead because Rondon has green to deal with, and I think Bearclaw, there's nobody else that sticks nobody. out for me. It's Ramos nobody. and it's Bearclaw. It's Bearclaw, yeah. Yeah, I agree Even though that. he was pitching like the, the sixth, like, you know, a week ago. He's been brutal. But Phelps getting dealt, if Ramos got dealt, all of a sudden they say, hey, nothing else take there. a shot. Do whatever you want. We don't care. Uh, all right, you know, that's going to wrap it up. I think we got everyone pretty well situated here for, for the uh, stretch run of the deadline with saves. And then we'll we'll let the dust settle and we'll talk about them again, let's say, uh, the 3rd, August 3rd, that episode. So two weeks from now we will uh, nope. see where everything nope, has Nope, I'm been. moving on the 3rd. So. Oh, so I'll talk about it by myself. No, so, we'll just well, do an early one. We'll do like a August. Can 2nd you do the one. second? Okay, yeah. okay. Or maybe even I, th- first. I thought you were we'll, saying like the we'll whole week. Do something here, special. Here. It's a crazy week. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe 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 we do like a deadline. Yeah. Monday we'll night figure or something. something out, but it won't be the third. I will okay. be uh, sans internet. And, no third. Got you know, it. Barely Got it. barely clothed. I don't know why you're gonna not have any clothes on. <laughs> Just because, you know, moving, I don't know where they are. I don't know. You pack all your clothes, so you're like, I'm sorry, I'm naked. I'm moving. You walk into a store, I'm moving, and they just understand it. They're like, yeah, no problem. That's why you're naked. Got it. Uh, what would you need today? Yeah, you got 20 on gas. I'm pump nine. Yeah, come on, you know. Don't pack your, your clothes. Don't pack your clothes. Wearing a fanny pack and nothing else. And some shoes. All right. We'll be back. Enjoy the trade deadline. You know, I'll talk to you next week, bud. Oh, thanks for listening.